Dan Fuko and welcome to today's Sprift session. Today we'll be meeting Flavilla Fongang, an international and multilingual keynote speaker, neuroscience brand expert, lecturer, founder of an award-winning marketing agency and of Tech London Advocate Black Women in Tech. Good morning, Flavilla. Good morning, Dan. How are you? Yeah, I'm very well, thank you. It is an honour for me to meet you. I know that you're a highly successful individual and I have looked just a glance at your LinkedIn profile. It's honestly, it's, 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 it's amazing. So thank you so much for taking the time to join me today. My pleasure. The first question I have for you is quite, you know, it's quite a personal one, but despite being unable to kind of speak in English, you moved from Paris to London in 2002, was it? Is that right? Yes, correct. Yes. And you, they, you, you got a BA in economics and law marketing and communications, international business with distinction in your first year. Mm-hmm. How did you apply yourself and achieve so much success in such little time? <laughs> I did that I did that actually in two years. I must say, I, I am a, by nature a crazy person and I think I, I like to put myself out of my comfort zone. So um, someone tell me I can't do something, I'll probably just go and try to do it. And a lot of things that I've accomplished now was, you know, some people say, yeah, we don't need this, so you shouldn't do this. And I've always rejected you know, popular opinion, as long as I believe in my ideas. And that's what really, what drives me to that. But yes, so coming to another, going to another country, not speaking a word of English, it's about quickly adapting. There's a famous author who says something that really struck with me, and I can't his name now on top of my head, but to say that people that survive are not the strongest or the most intelligent, are the one who can adapt. And that's one thing that, I, um, that I've done when I moved to London, I had to adapt very quickly and learn, um, you know, learn the language to be able to survive really because i was by myself and just on that just a question that has just sprung to mind now when people achieve things such as what you've just achieved how much um importance do you place on being out of that comfort zone to achieve something i think you you know it's funny because it's quite it's very often a leap of faith because our brain you know i'm, I'm a bit obsessed with psychology so our brain is, is really good at telling us that play safe and don't do that and just you know don't ask don't look for more and don't don't look for you know don't look for for them to achieve a moon if it is a moon that you want to get to and i think i've recognized that and i've applied that in terms of if i want to do something that's really going to be amazing i have to get myself i have to get out of my comfort zone so i've applied that in everything that i do because i know you know when you do it once then you know you develop that same approach and med- mindset everything that you want to accomplish I mean, with that in mind, and of course, being a neuroscience, you know, brand expert in tech, mm-hmm. what does a typical day look like for you? <laughs> it's funny because when I when I have to interview people and I say that there's no typical day for us because every single you know journey with a client is completely different. Whether we have clients in a virtual reality space, we have clients in the fintech space, we have clients, um, you know, in in also uh, you know ESG, so it's all very different, and that's also what keeps us excited in terms of what we do. But at the end of the day, you know, when we you know we set our intention in terms of what we want to achieve, that's super important in terms of now you know you know we think about what we want to achieve next year. It's super key as well. Or this year is it's super key as well. So um, setting ourselves intention and making sure that we 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 keep each other accountable because everything that we do impact one another. Yeah, of course. I mean, if you're achieving the the things that you're doing, accountability is key. You know, I imagine within the within your teams, you've got key key cogs of 
every single thing that you do and they've all got to have their own part is that right yes absolutely and i think that's the issues quite often with uh, when you have employees you give them you know they have a job description and they can see what they're supposed to do but it's about helping them see the bigger pictures that you know if you don't do what you're supposed to do it will impact on the delivery of something else like if a, if a, the copy person doesn't create a copy then the designer's going to move into the web design and so forth so it's about seeing in, in terms of how does that impact as well on the client because the client also have some big goals they want to achieve and they count on us to be able to meet those deadlines which is super super spooky awesome I mean, predominantly our client base at this point is, you know, real estate brands, estate agents, letting agents, yeah. what have you. But we're going to, we as we move into different sectors and what have you, we're working with different brands. But what is the best tip that you could give um, and the best strategy for our listeners to improve their brands? Mm. It's, a good, it's, a good, it's a good point that you're making because... I made a lot of mistakes myself when I started, and one of the things was to be trying to be a jack of all trades. The most, you know, the more of a specialist you are, the more it will be easier for you to attract your dream customer. And I think it's really decided who you want to work with because you say, I'm, I want to work with everybody. That's a bad idea. So really decide in terms of who you want to work with. It's first key, first key first, and and be very clear in terms of who, that how does your customer, what does your dream customer look like? And you create really a persona around them and you create a language that really re- resonates with them. So for us, for example, we are we work in a tech space. So we wanted to create to work with technology companies, tech startups who are game changers, who are looking in terms of how can I make things better and, and really change the status quo. And that's why we attracted all our customers are very driven by the way we're doing things are not right right now and we're going to do things better. And that's really what excites us. But also they understand the value of working with us means that they need to trust our expertise and not hire us to tell us what to do. Otherwise, you know, it's frustrating and it doesn't it doesn't work for anyone. And working alongside that, you know, help us develop a copy in terms of how do we articulate and so forth. But yeah, so, you know, start start very, speci- you know, as a specialist in your field in, in an industry. And then if you want to expand, go small rather than just go broad because that's that's the danger. And then it's because unless you have a budget of Facebook or Google, you can spend loads of money mm-hmm. on advertising for different, you know, um, different um, industries then do so. But if you don't, the more specific you are, the easier it is to cross track with people that you want to really want to work with. So focus on one key point that you know you can excel at. Mm-hmm. Out, nine out of 10 times. Nobody ever has a 10 out of 10 week, right? Absolutely. But, Absolutely. But if you're focusing on one thing and you're nine out of 10 every single day on that and consistent in that, mm. that's how your brand is going to grow very, very rapidly. Absolutely. And, and you know, same thing for us, you know, you can, you know, I was talking, you know, talking to clients all the time and, you know, I say, like, we do social media, we do this, but we want to be known as a branding agency first. And that's the message that we put across, which is super important. So people are looking for that. Then we can also supply the other services. But before deciding what you want to be known for is super, super key and, and you know, and set your intention so everybody is going in the same direction. Okay. You also founded Tech London Advocates, Black Women in Tech. And you wrote the book, The Voices in the Shadow, featuring mm-hmm. stories of black women in tech, which is distributed around secondary schools across the UK now for free. Mm-hmm. Describe the motivation uh, that inspired you to to found it, yes. uh, write the book and provide others with so much encouragement. Yeah, I love that. That's a good question. So, you know, it comes back to, to free colours also. When, um, you know, before specialising in, in the tech space as an agency, we used to work across a number of sectors. So 
you know, fashion, uh, luxury, you know, also, you mentioned, you mentioned uh, property. So all of things and realize we were be like a great hairdresser with bad hair. So not listening to our own advice. And, um, you know, I, I took, you know, I took the, you know, decision to say, we're going to focus on technology because I think that's was the industry that really fascinated, fascinated us most, but also challenged us the most. But also we mean, meant that we always had a crossover with other industries. So fashion tech, fintech and so forth. And, uh, in the back of that, you know, being very focused and laser focused in, in your industry, you realize that there was issues beyond just, you know, um, business and everything is attached around, you know, what are we doing around our CSR and in technology space, diversity is one of the biggest issues. There's always a lack of women, you know, at the top, a lack of black people at the top. And and I've always been accustomed, you know, being the only woman in the room or the only black woman in the room. And as much as it was a good way for me to, to stand out, I, I didn't think it was enough. Uh, it was the only reason I wanted people to remember me for, for the color of my skin or because, you know, I'm a woman. And, um, and then, yes, that's really what inspired me to launch, you know, TLA Black Women in Tech. I, I realized there's no way on earth there's no other great black women out there doing some great things. And, um, you know, again, some people told me, like, we don't need this. You're not going to have enough people. And um, in the back of that, you know, we launched in September 2019, right after a few months later, COVID happened. And we quickly adapted and moved online. And then this is where, you know, the group grew uh, nationally, just because we were just in London first. And then we group the group, the community grew nationally and realized, wow, we have something that was actually bigger than just a little space for everybody to have a conversation. And um, I set it up as a non-profit organization. And then in the back of that, I started having a conversation with women who say, oh, I have 15 years in the industry, I have 20 years in the industry. And, you know, black women, it's really hard to guess their age because, you know, black don't crack. We, do, we don't, we don't can't tell the age of a black woman, which is so funny. And the more I talked to so many of them, I realized, wow, some of them come from really big companies. How come I've never heard from you? And your story is going to disappear with you if, you know, it's not written somewhere. And also we talk, people talk a lot about, you know, trying to increase diversity, but they always focus on in the workplace. But what are we doing to trigger inspiration for the younger generation? And that's really what led me to, you know, to create the book. I had so many stories and I realized this something needs to be put in written, in writing, because I remember going in Paris and never had, despite my mother, I never had example of great successful black women. And you ask any black woman of my age, they'll tell you they can't think of anyone maybe women in America, but no one in England or even no one in France. And not saying that they aren't, but they have, their voice were not heard. And yes, in the back of that, you know, the book was launched successfully. So we're going to do a second edition next year. So we'll make it, you know, because I realized that 51 stories is not enough. There's so many more that need to be, uh, stories that need to be shared. There must um, must be a lot, you're shouldering a lot of responsibility in in being a pioneer in what you're doing you know you're inspiring a whole new generation um of people and that must give you some serious fulfillment and enjoyment every single day i think it's you know it's funny because sometimes you do something you don't necessarily realize until you see some visuals of kids with a book and you know schools are excited and say thank you and that's really what gets us up and you know you know i do something because i think it's because I've, i've studied psychology for so long that i know exactly how we you know we are a mirror projection. If we don't see, we don't believe in ourselves and only a few of them can achieve something that they don't see. And that's probably where I am with my mindset. I don't see something, but I want to see it. So I create it. But yeah. So um, it is nice. You know, I, I probably haven't yet fully had the time to, 
step back a little because I'm now let's do the second one. I'm just thinking I want to get as many books as possible as possible to uh, as many to all the schools across the UK and Ireland. Amazing. So we spoke briefly um, off off the podcast about um, your podcast, Tech Brains Talk. Mm-hmm. What what I wanted to understand was what are the topics and subjects that come up again and again on your podcast and what are the key pearls of wisdom that you can give to our listeners? Well, to be honest, like all topics are very different. So we, we, we bring on, I interview entrepreneurs to, to leaders, but one of them that comes back a lot is around, you know, scaling without losing your sanity. And I think, you know, top three podcast was, you know, how to attract a high number of, of um, followers that was well listened, but also how to, how to create an, you know, company, a tech company without losing your sanity, because it's really hard as we all know, it's really hard to, you know, to, to either run a business or launch a business. And I think that's something that came across, but what comes back all the time is that it's always about people. No matter what we do, it's always about people. No matter we work in technology, it always comes back to what are we doing, you know, with people that we work with, what are we doing to the customers that we serve, what are we doing to the input that we want to make on people. So even though it's a conversation about technology, but it's actually a conversation about people. And that's what people have been able to realize that whatever you want to drive performance or whatever you want to attract customers, it's always about people first. I'm, I wholeheartedly agree with that. You know, you, you can have the best idea in the world, but without the right team and without the right individuals around you and the people all pulling in the same direction, you know, that's the most important thing. You, you know, you're just not going to achieve it, right? Mm-hmm. So, of course, our, our kind of uh, main um, objective is to deal with property data. And that's our love here. That's what we're all, that's what we all get behind. And that's what we do every day is mm-hmm. work with property data. Um, and we provide, we kind of pride ourselves with giving the most comprehensive UK property specific data. I mean, taking that aside, could you give me a bit of an insight into your relationship with data and the importance of data in tech and of course the business world? That's a very good question. So data, you know, <laughs> if you think about data right now, it's pretty much how the biggest tech companies around the world lead the world, whatever it is. Uh, Facebook, Google, you know, you know, we know them, you know, the top one, Amazon and so forth. So there's different ways of looking at data is how using data to innovate, how using data to better understand and attract, you know, similar customers to one that buys from you. And how you are using data as well to improve that relationship with you know that existing customer. So we will use data obviously from our so from agency. With, okay, so there's two different relationships with data. So there's data of our own agency, and then you also have data from our existing uh, from our customers. So for example, we have we have clients um, in the ESG space. So it's about also educating companies in this space so they better understand the data and also the breadth of data. Because I think one thing that we don't realize is that, you know, every single every single company has their own ecosystem. And the better you're able to understand the ecosystem, the better you're able to um, change not only, uh, you know, your, your own data, but also the data aligned to the channel within your ecosystem. And that's what we're doing in the ESG space, which is um, also t- um, more regulated it's going to be more and more regulated starting from january 2022 but that's another subject as for us obviously using you were using data to really understand um our customers what what are the trends consumer trends but also um 
what we need to, you know, what to create the most best engagement and what we need to focus on. So everybody is trying to, you know, to sort of what, we, what we're going to do in terms of for 2022 is really trying to plan as much as possible so we can keep engaging because at the, at the end of the day, what people, what drives people to, to be interested in in what we do is are we able to understand them? You know, you, are we able to connect with the heart and the mind of the customer? So data, you know, it's it's a big question because data can can be looked at at it from the data of your customers and the data from your from your prospect. And are those two aligned to be able to then we um you create the right persona and you create the right campaign, right landing page to attract more of them. And that's one thing that we've done. We've we've led um we've we've used data and and uh, copy to to connect not only with the you know the part of the brain which is rational and then and then words to connect with the part of the brain which is emotional. So it's interesting us. And we always think that we make um we are rational individuals, but at, at first we are best we are most emotional individuals. And we choose to do business with people that we like. So it's about finding these two balances. And that's what my I, I talk about when I when I talk about neural marketing is that are you able to prove to showcase to your customers that you are the best in the market, but also are you somebody that they would want to work with? And that doesn't touch not only the relation with your customer, but obviously all the stakeholders, whatever it is, uh, talent acquisition, which is the biggest issue for all companies in tech right now. So we're all trying to attract talent and not for you. They're really trying to attract talent. And obviously you've company with companies who have massive budget can pay twice the amount that you can afford. So you have to think about something bigger than that and really selling them on the vision. Yeah, it's interesting that you, you mentioned there, um, again, about the, you know, clients own ecosystems and also focusing on a niche. You know, to me, there's a massive piece of inside thinking there, just from those two points that you've mentioned here, where a client, in, in theory, should go back through everybody they've done business with in the past, find out on a, on, even on a simple Excel spreadsheet, for an estate agent, for argument's sake, you might say, we sell two-bedroom apartments in the square mile, for argument's sake. So focus on that. That's what people want you for. Mm-hmm. And I think that, does that apply across all industries? Is that something that people yeah. should be doing? I think, you know, that's the thing is that, you know, the more, what's interesting is, and that's why it's probably even harder for marketers, is that, the, you know, a study from Deloitte showcase that our customer base is more and more diverse. So it's really hard to have to think that there's one one fits all approach works, you know, nowadays. So as you say, so the more you're specific in terms of ha, it's exactly what I'm looking for, then you know your clients will respond, and the, you know it's a ability that's what landing pages are for. And I think we forget that you know you need to be able to create as many relevant landing pages that speak exactly to your customer. And there's a lot of great technology out there that allows people to do that without having to lose their mind, you know, which we. Uh, aware of that you can create a tool instead of having to, you know, it will bang a whoever comes into your page will see a completely different set of content that compared to somebody who see another page. So you know exactly where they are. And that's so important to really think in terms of understanding that, that before your customer decides to say, yeah, I want to work with you. A lot of things are going to happen before that. Are you able to understand this relationship? Are you able to understand it, their, their, their mindset and where they're going? So you can create the, all the content that is in that stages of where they are before they decide to engage with you. Yeah, that's that's you know everything that we're we're taught, and that's music to my ears. That's the way that I believe it. People, I've always been a believer that people would deal with you approximately eleven or twelve times. They'll engage with your business before they 
even think about transacting with you. Mm. And that brand awareness piece by being able to have landing pages that capture them on their exact point in their buying journey and also that are relevant to them and what they're going to want to see. That's just, it's just the way business has to be done now. I think you probably definitely agree with that. So mm-hmm. now I'm, I'm, this really impressed me. So you've met with uh, President Macron yeah. and uh, President Nana Fuko Addo mm-hmm. to discuss business opportunities in Africa. What was that like? Was that the first time you'd met people um, of that sort of ilk? Uh, President, yes, probably it was the first time. It was very interesting because um, um, <laughs> having two presidents in, in the same room and they're both very short. As well as TV makes people look uh, uh, much taller than they are. It's, it can be quite intimidating, but in the same way... Um, it's one thing that you know I've met people from all levels. You know, I'm having a conversation with a CEO of Thames Water, and she's a phenomenal woman. And I've learned not to let people's title in you know intimidate me whatsoever. Just believe at the end of the day, I'm a worthy person, and if I'm in the room, it's because there's something that, that I know that they don't know, you know. And and uh, that that um, you know they they have accomplished great things, and so have I. I think that's my approach to it. And um, you know, if we decide to have this conversation, there's something that they can't understand and this is what they need us so i've never been intimidated at all by titles and trust me i've been in rooms with people who have you know from very large 50 100 um you know who leaning away and and i'm not afraid to say what i have to say and even just in you know public speaking so i've, I've always remember that at the end of the day we are all human and that title, title doesn't define doesn't make us more important than another person and yeah so it was a definitely interesting experience especially talking about you know relationship with Africa and, and, you know, Africa and France, colonization, you know, it's it's tough, but I think those conversations need to happen if uh, the black community can, you know, p- proclaim with, you know, with uh, confidence their independence, which hasn't happened yet. But that's another conversation. We can have. A whole other conversation. <laughs> so out of all of the influential people that you've met, mm. and it doesn't have to be a president, it could be anybody um, across your career that you've met, who has inspired you the most? It's funny because that question comes back a lot, but it comes. I think my biggest inspiration remains my mother because my mother, you know, she raised five children by herself, and uh, she came, you know, came my father from another country. My father decided to do his own thing and disappear, but she what she always made sure we had food on the table. My my mom was very wise. She's always been she's been investing even with a small um, a sm- small salary, so she's sitting in the million pound fortune <laughs> right now. Um, she's probably the most, you know, the person that was who was able to be the the smartest at the time. You know, we don't listen to our parents' advice when you're young. It's like, ah, why didn't I listen when she said that to me? But you know, now I listen. So she still remains my biggest inspiration and positive mindset. You know, she, I've never seen her, you know, being in the in the you know staying in a bad mood. And she's an optimist, and I've taken that a lot from her. So despite all the great people I've I've met, she still remains my biggest inspiration. Amazing. Amazing. Thank you so much for um, joining me today, Flavilla. I really, really have enjoyed talking to you and really inspired to have met you. (laughs) The same, Dan. Thank you so much for having me. My pleasure. My thanks to Flavilla for her invaluable insight and time today. You can find further episodes of The Spriff Sessions wherever you get your podcasts from. Simply search The Spriff Sessions. If you'd like to know more about Spriff and what it can do for your business, please go to spriff.com. Thank you for listening.